And welcome back, rugby fans, to that familiar favorite, the Rugby Rat Podcast Show, where all North American rugby fans are in the know. And that's with the help of my colleagues here. Let me take a moment to introduce them to my top. You've got Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself, joining us from further north. We got a familiar favorite here as well, Doug Wilkie. Doug, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, guys. Good to be here. Excellent. And of course, a final reminder, my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities. And how does it work? Well, if you're tuning in for the first time, let me tell you that we put ourselves and our guests to the test here in this rugby debate show. But before then, we want you to know what's going on around the pitch. And that's why we're bringing you our new and improved news segment. Gentlemen, we need to be able to make sure that fans come away with as much information as they can in as short a time as possible. So what we're going to do is swing the ball around the screen and tell us what you think is newsworthy in what we like to call Around the Pitch. Starting with Rob Hammerschmidt, tell us what's going on. Well, I got to start in Nolens with the new coaching staff is all in place. It kind of it came as a shock to everybody that, of course, Nate Osborne, the only original coach from the very first season, uh, was uh, stepped down um, in December and was being replaced. And it was interesting to find out that he's been replaced by Kane Thompson, who was the forwards coach in NOLA. And um, then, uh, well, actually, prior to that, it was interesting because um, Carlos Spencer, uh, of course, the famous 10 from New Zealand and all black uh, with an incredible pedigree was going to be coming down to the Crescent City uh, to be the backs coach. And then um, we see th things kind of get shaken up. And now we find out last week, Taylor Howden, who was in, who had been in NOLA, went to Houston, is now coming back to NOLA to be the backs coach and work with Carlos and work with Kane. I'm excited. I think this is a great coaching staff. What's interesting. And I don't know, uh, some interesting stuff here. Right. Um, Kane and Taylor were rumored to be going to another new franchise who will be named later. <laughs> that's not going <laughs> to happen. On now. a cliffhanger. Why don't you Rob? Right. Uh... Well, I got to keep coming. People coming back. Right. Right, right. Always even wanting more. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, the real takeaway there is that um, you're getting a lot of great experience filling that void from coach uh, uh, Nate Osborne, who, of course, is, uh, as you pointed out, I, I think to record right now, the longest standing coach in the MLR um, in, and, you know, that's a great achievement, but it's interesting that you got, um, you know, guys like that, uh, all the New Zealand influence there. So maybe there's going to be more running ball for fans to be excited about. I know a lot of fans have enjoyed that about major league rugby and they'll continue to be able to see it more so down in NOLA, even uh, more so now. So let's hand it over to Scott. What have you got to share? Let's get hot, baby. So I'm going to be talking about rugby sevens. We were in Spain, uh, the Spanish leg in Malaga and, um, you know, a couple things, Perry Baker hitting his 50th cap uh, this this tournament. We had Nia Tapper becoming the women's sevens all-time leading try scorer, I believe, with 97 tries. And, of course, we had the women winning the championship in Malaga. Uh, it was great matches. I, I stayed up uh, late and early to watch them. I was very excited 
Um, and and uh, Alona Mar being named the uh, MVP of, of the final. It was good to see uh, USA ladies gaining recognition. And it seems as though we're over the hangover from the Olympics and, and the poor showing in the Olympics. So glad to see it. Right. Great results there that, um, you know, I hope to continue in good form. So let's swing it over to Doug Wilkie. How's it going for you? I'm good. Thanks, Ty. Um, the first thing I want to mention is the Super Brew uh, shameless plug. Last year's champion. Sorry, Benji. Um, oh, super, shit. <laughs> the Super Brew, the Rugby Rant Super Brew. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Champion? Pool. pool. <laughs> Pick and pool. That's what, what you call it. Um, it's just, it's something else that makes the rugby fun every weekend. Not that the rugby isn't fun enough, but it really engages you, gets you watching a lot of the games around the, around the, uh, the whole country not just your own home team and uh, get you kind of learning a little bit more about the other teams that are out there. So I really encourage people to get involved, come and try to take down the champ, but I don't know. I wish you, I wish you good luck. Well, it's good that at least one arrows, uh, uh, per, you know, organization could, uh, could win something. Um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he said bottom of the table, baby. He said bottom of the table. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, there's still hope yet. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we take that spirit in, in, in all of what it's meant to be, which is a bit of fun. Right. And the super brew contest really is that thank you for pointing it out myself and the team. We had great fun with it as many of the fans do. Uh, but I like what you said though, is it gets you involved in learning a little bit more about some of the other teams whereas you know we could always be so focused on our one team uh, but it allows you to broaden the scope and look at what's going on around that conference around that league so yeah it's really great important uh, for me one of the most important things that's happened in recent days is uh, rugby ATL news and um, so with with the recent emergence uh, that Rugby ATL has recently been sold. Uh, this may have become as a surprise to some rugby fans, although it's been in the works for a little bit of time. And it's been fueled through the top of the ownership and the culture. And there was really, really an important figure at the top there is Marcus Calloway. Great respect for the man who obviously is a great servant to rugby. And so it's a credit to, to, to him and all the people that work inside that organization, how great a job they have done. I mean, these are the Eastern Conference champions from 2021. There's a wonderful legacy of rugby there that we hope that they will continue to expand upon that. Um, but the, the team has been sold. It's going to be under new ownership. Um, and as a result, you may see a lot of change-ups. And those change-ups might come very fast. One of which was they moved to a new home away from the traditional life university, which was, of course, uh, known as the Snake Pit. Now to find the Silverback Stadium as their new home. Uh, and the rumor is, all over social media, you can see it yourself. I'm pretty sure you know it that the main stakeholder is now Global Rugby Ventures. Um, and, and who are they? Well, you know, they're involved in a bunch of different uh, teams across the league, and they are interested in the investment of rugby and growing the sport across the U.S. And Major League Rugby is a big part of that vision of bringing rugby to the United States uh, and, of course, Canada. But some interesting notes that I did a little bit of digging, some of the co-investors in Global Rugby Ventures includes names like uh, Justin Rosenstein, who most famously is credited as being the person who helped co-create the like button on Facebook. Imagine that. Yeah, look at that. I like that. Thumbs up there. Um, and then another notable person is Mark Cuban, who 
many fans would know as as being a rugby lover. Uh, played in Indiana University or Indiana State, whichever one it was, uh, his rugby days. Uh, so it's great to be able to see somebody as an angel investor getting involved in rugby on a professional level in the U.S. So uh, be aware that there could be even more changes than what you have seen already from Rugby ATL. Rob, what else have you got to share? Oh, well, the, the profile of the Major League Rugby is continuing to grow, and that's exciting. And we see it represented by the fact that former England Sevens captain Tom Mitchell is joining the Giltinis. That's some exciting news, but not that they needed any more firepower coming off that championship run last year. Nevertheless, certainly an exciting signing. He's going to play wing and fullback from what we understand. So it's going to be fun to see him in action with – that star-studded cast. Yeah, certainly. Like they need more, more speed, right? That's exactly what you know. Giltinis. All they needed was more pace. <laughs> so yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, let's hand it over to Scott. Let's hear what your uh, your next point of interest is. Well, I'm going to talk about a Facebook post that went viral. Um, I found it on Rugby Joe uh, on Instagram at Rugby Joe. They do the House of Rugby podcast, mm-hmm. and this is a father who says I had to remove a, a post from Facebook as an idiot commented saying my boy is too big to play under 12s and isn't healthy. If people only knew how hard he works to get fitter and how low his confidence has been. Don't worry, Alfie. I'll always be your biggest fan. Wrote that on Facebook. It got picked up on social media. That This fucking idiot is talking shit about kids. First of all, Alfie, fuck the haters. Stay propping, brother. And he got a lot of support in the community because, you know, this body shaming is bullshit. We are, we are an all-inclusive uh, sport. Any body type can play. Any person can play. And even uh, L.A. Giltini's forwards coach, Alex Corbacero, got in showing Alfie some love and pushing a picture of himself as a chubby kid on the rugby pitch. Again, go shit in your hat, whoever made that comment. You're talking about a 12-year-old boy. Fuck the haters, Alfie. Stay propping, brother. Right. I love it. You know, the spirit of rugby is to be able to be inclusive and respect uh, each other so yeah i mean you, if you're going to be a fan of the sport or at least call yourself a fan you got to follow the values that it represents so yeah good call out from from scott uh, i'm happy that you did let's hand it over to doug i was sticking on the arrows front so some some news that one of the recent signings to tusi vicolani so the the i believe is the older brother of siaki vicolani was was signed there's a bit of controversy around the signing he was involved in in uh, an altercation I don't know, five or six years ago. I don't want to get into too many details, but um, when it came down to it, uh, a person he was with ended up stabbing somebody and that person died. Um, and and they were apparently drunk and, and what whatnot. But uh, so as a result of that, the arrow signed this, this guy and he cannot play any games in the States. So he gets to the other end of the stick. All the games were in the States last year. Now he gets to only play games in Canada. Um, but what I want to say is, I mean, I have I have lots of faith in the the ownership group and the management group of the Arrows that if if this was a person, if this was something that was still an issue, and the the character hadn't changed from back in his teenage days, uh, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have made this type of signing. So I, so to me, everybody deserves a second chance. Um, hopefully, he will, you know play to the level that they think he can probably play at and uh, prove everybody wrong and, uh, you know, turn things around for himself. Right. And just to make it clear for all our viewers who are tuning in, he's not the culprit of this heinous crime, but was associated to the person who was. 
So there's a degree of separation that must be noted. But as you said before, rugby is a sport that A, is inclusive, but is transformative too. And it helps you, you know, mature. It helps you learn life's lessons. Um, and if anything, you know, this is this is a pathway that seems far more positive for a man who certainly deserves an opportunity uh, to get the best out of life. And you guys know as much as anybody else who loves our game that, you know, we're, you know you're not going to put up with somebody who's like that. And, and I'm pretty sure he's probably changed himself around and he's probably a pretty upstanding uh, citizen for them to, uh, to sign him. So, Right, exactly that. And talk about, you know, the, the faith your organization must have, knowing that you can only play maybe 50% of your games, not even 50%, right? Because the majority of them are away uh, if you look at it, the entirety of the league. So, yeah. All right. Interesting point. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm going to stay on on point here with, uh, with, with Rugby ATL news. So the other thing, as I mentioned, big changes to come. I'm going to follow with what I said before, that one of the biggest changes, a bit of a shock, sudden news, many people were caught off guard was the sudden exit from rugby ATL's head coach and GM, Scott Lawrence. Now, Scott Lawrence is an invaluable member of the rugby community, a guy who's USA defensive coach, um, you know, at multiple levels assisted with the rugby select sides of the US. He's got a great history, a wonderful tactician, a great ambassador for the sport across the US. In addition to his 15-year service as head coach at Light University, who is credited as being one of the uh, the original members that helped navigate all the trials and tribulations of getting rugby ATL off the ground in its inaugural season is no longer going to be there. So is this a little bit of a glimpse of what else may come? Are some of the real big changes in rugby ATL linked to the change in ownership? And with that, possibly a change in philosophy? I guess only time will really tell how much of an impact it surely will have upon this organization that is already sitting upon a firm foundation from last year's achievements, taking into consideration that they got themselves all the way to the Eastern Conference final, took that title, um, and then, of course, uh, in, in arguably so, what was really their first full season because the season before was truncated. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who's going to fill this void where the direction will go from here. So stay tuned, rugby ATL fans. You might be in for a bit of a roller coaster ride. So, gentlemen, once again, that is around the pitch with all the news that you need to know as a fan of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show and, of course, rugby in North America. And we, on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, aim to grow rugby one fan at a time. We do that with the help of some sponsors. So we're going to take a short break as we hear from them now. Okay. All good. All right. Tidehead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers, but it is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday night. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tidehead is located in Wonderline, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and it is just steps away from the Metro. Owner Brewster and the Tidehead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for the rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tidehead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tidehead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark village brew, Tidehead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tidehead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tidehead, it's worth more than a try. 
And we're back, rugby fans, of course, to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, where you know we put ourselves and our guests to the test. How do we do that? Well, we're going to turn our attention to the one that we have most fun with, is the rugby debates. Now, if you're not familiar with how this works, each one of our contestants, our speakers, our ranters on screen are going to compete against one another with a window of two minutes for each of them to be able to rant the topic at hand. The one that comes out being the winner will be the one that has conveyed the best arguments for or against and offered the greatest insights on the subject. So what will they be talking about on this occasion? Well, we're going to do the Eastern Conference breakdown. What is the team to beat? What are some of the points that you should take note of as a fan when you are discovering what teams you should root for, who's going to be falling behind, or who's going to take it all, according to our ranters? So we hand the ball to Doug Wilkie to start us off. So last year, the Eastern Conference, you're coming into the season, looks super even. And I am going to say it looks even more so even to me this year. Looking across all the teams, all the different moves that have happened, um, it is very tough to pick any winner out of the Eastern Conference. A couple of big things to me, obviously, I mean, um, with Rugby ATL losing Scott Lawrence, I feel like, I mean, I don't know the guy or whatever, but I feel like his persona, his attitude, his um, demeanor is, was everything to them. And I just felt like when you were playing them, it was almost like you were playing the coach and you were pay- playing this pissed off team that was scrappy as heck. So losing him, I don't know. I think that's going to have a, a bigger impact than a lot of people would expect. Um, you know, New England brought in a lot of new additions, uh, a lot of uh, overseas talent, news from New Zealand, South Africa with their, their new coaching staff from there. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see if those guys can gel together and, and put it together for the, uh, for the season. Rugby New York, Scott, some of those guys you lost. Oh, my God. Hanko, that's a huge loss to New York. He was the one I was <laughs> so afraid playing every time. I know, we played like, you guys. what's Scott going to talk about now? <laughs> but, every uh, week with Hanku, Hanku. <laughs> yeah, sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. wrong but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, no, no, but right. they did bring in a lot of uh, a lot of good guys to fill in, fill in the, uh, the holes there. So, I mean, just looking across it, I, I'm not going to – touch on every single team but the arrows i think you got to watch for the arrows they're they're have some home games this year they got mommy's cooking um and watch out and the the, uh the the fans in the new uh york line stadium are going to be ready to go and make that a a tough place to come play i hope so right um yeah i don't i don't think i don't look at any games this year in the eastern conference and go that's a sure win it's it's anybody's game Right. And that's kind of the continuing theme from last season. And, you know, just a few notes I wanted to share about what that looks like and what's made it interesting, you know, looking at at, on the basis of what was achieved last season, the Eastern conference, many fans would walk away saying that it was the more competitive league, at least initially in the first part of the season, as the matches seemed tighter, the the, the run to the top seemed a little bit closer than it had in other. And that's because the Giltinis in in the first half of the season certainly looked like the runaway victor in every match. uh, And it looked like they were almost unstoppable. But as the seasons progressed, uh, as the matches went on, uh, the gap got a lot closer. So a couple of notes that I want 
wanted to be able to have fans walk away realizing that the Eastern Conference is still a six-team conference as it was in 2021. Naturally, this means that with 13 teams, the West will in fact have that additional team with the Dallas Jackals finally fielding a, a team for the first time in Major League Rugby, uh, having uh, opted to postpone their debut from 2021 to 2022. So what is important about this? Well, in last year's run to the Eastern Conference final, it was really competed right up to the end between three teams. Rugby United, of course, and uh, Rugby ATL. And right there on their heels uh, was Nola, right? It, it came down to, I think, what what was it? They had to score 20 points in one game to be able to turn it in their favor. Uh, but because they, you could argue because they fluffed their game, they had to hope for somebody else did as well. So, um, but, you know, when I was looking at some of the stats, I also thought it was a pretty interesting point. To, to, to your credit, you pointed out how tight it was, Doug. This is how tight it really was in last season, and I hope it mimics a very similar pattern this time around. Last season, four teams, uh, after 16 matches, had all won 10 regular season games. Rugby ATL, NOLA, Free Jacks, and Rooney, right, had all won 10 games. The difference came in the bonus points. So how clinical those teams were in converting those opportunities. This was the downfall for NOLA, a lot of people said, and the Free Jacks. So I'm going to hand it over to our resident Rooney expert to hear what he thinks. Scott Ferrara, the big guy himself. The floor is yours. Well, we're still cooking since the last segment, and I think we're going to have the same thing that we had uh, last season. I think there are going to be four teams fighting for it, although I'm going to I'm going to be knocking uh, a team out and and – I think it's going to be uh, Rugby New York, NOLA, Free Jacks, and Toronto fighting for those three spots. You know, we have three playoff spots now. Um, you know, uh, two and three play each other. First place gets a bye. Then there's semifinal, then the final. Um, I do think Toronto and, and their super-duper away stand, uh, as they had last year, um, you know, obviously hurt them. But going 5-11, and 11, their point differential was only a negative one. So they were putting up points against teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I, I, I'm going to struggle with, with rugby ATL. There's two, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to kind of have the same issues that the AGs had in the past and Houston had in the past and Seattle had in the past where the management and the, the front office is a little shaky and that drips down to the players, or they're going to have that fuck you attitude. They're going to go out and ball out regardless and, and kind of say, fuck the haters, which then would make it a five, a five team sway. I don't think Old Glory is going to make the jump uh, that they think they're going to make. Um, I do think if Danny Tusatala can play and not get as flustered, flustered in the counter ruck like he was this past season, which is something that a lot of the more mature players picked up on um, in the breakdown, I think they'll have some more wins, but I don't see him standing tall in the East. Right. Tusitala certainly made an impact in some early games, but – as the season went by, his discipline started to creep in as an issue. And I think at one time he also received a red card, putting them in a very difficult position. Um, yeah, you know, Robertson was also a great player there. Um, so so the takeaway, I'm just going to throw it back at you. If you could have the fans walk away, who you think is the team to beat? And if it's not Rooney, who is it? Uh, I, if, if, if I didn't have to pick Rooney, I'd say it's Toronto. Okay, I like that. You know, Toronto, very good point you brought up. Uh, had to play basically an entirely away season, you know, kind of echoing the same theme that Doug had. Now they're going to be, um, you know, having their organization still split somewhat between two different uh, home stadiums and adopting somewhere new. 
but at least they had the ability to be able to have a full strength team that can travel, which they didn't have the ability to do last season because they had to lift their entire organization and move to Atlanta to be able to, to keep the season afloat. So Scott, you can come up to my house and stay at my house. If you ever come up to a Toronto Arrows game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, awesome. Dougie, I you. might just hit you up on that, my brother, because I'm yeah. looking at, Chicago's my, my opportunities to get down to NOLA are going to be few and far between. So I might make that eight hour drive up there to Toronto. But, yeah. but will your wife? Uh, never mind. I I'll have to meet you in Chicago and make it a road trip, boys. I'll bring it to the cottage. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So, seeing as we got that voice on uh, already, let's bring it back. The Hammer, Rob Hammer Schmidt. Yeah. So, if I was say for fans that want to watch East Coast, what should they be looking at? Pay attention to the playmakers. I think with every team, the playmakers are going to be the key for that team's success. And Rooney, of course, you know you have a playmaker and former All-Black Andy Ellis, but the exit of Hollins had really had things clicking for for Rugby New York last year. He will be missed, as will Ben Foden. Can Sam Windsor step into that at fullback or fly half to make that um, tick? We'll see, but it should be interesting to watch. Going then to the free jacks, you know, the pickup of Younger as another option with quick ball. But the question is, can the fly half, whomever that may be, spring Dougie Hot Fife through butter? I don't know. We'll see, but he was a pretty electric guy last year, had several good uh, uh, good uh, scoring uh, um, uh, chances there, and I really like to, to see what he was going to do. Of course, with the Toronto Arrows, they get Sam Malcolm back. He's probably going to play at 15, but he was incredible in 2019 for the Arrows. Definitely a player to watch for sure. Then we go to the OGs. I really like Mike Doblis last year. He got a call up from the Eagles. Again, can he get the ball from somebody? Because, of course, we know that Jason Robertson is missing at the fly half position. So can he get the ball? Will there be that connection from Tusatala to that midfield? Going on to rugby ATL, you have Kurt Coleman, Bautista Ezekura. Who's going to be playing at the fly-up position? They never really seemed to settle in last mm-hmm. year, and, of course, with the coaching vacancy. Let's see what happens there. And finally, Manola Gold. They brought in, um, of course, Carlos the King Spencer specifically to get that back line to tick. I think a lot of NOLA fans were really disappointed in how that talent just did not produce the points they should have. Can they find that midfield combo? Right. And the big question is who's going to play 10? Will it be Robbie Coleman again? Or will we see somebody like JP Eloff or Nick Feeks come in from injury uh, to play that 10 position? Um, those are my big, que- my big questions. But watch those positions because I think that's where the fun is going to be had. Right. I'm going to throw it back at you, though, Rob, so our fans can walk away identifying who you think is the team to beat in this conference. I hate to agree with Scott, the big guy on this one, but I'm going to, um, you know, <laughs> rugby, New York. I think Toronto's the team to beat. They'll get back up to their home up North. Uh, they played in, in that five game truncated season. They really had a good run away from home. Uh, you got to think some of those guys will feel a little bit comfortable this year doing that. So, you know, put them away, having some success and bring them back home. Will they right. be ecstatic to play in front of fans? I think they're the ones that beat Nola and the free Jacks will be contending in there as well. Right. You can't take out of the, the, the equation, 
how great it is to be able to play in front of a home crowd, home stadium, to be on your own soil. Um, and in this case, it's kind of like Canada versus the U.S., seeing as they're the only team up north, right? Um, so, yeah, that does have a lot of value. Um, but I also think that, that they're the one team that now really you'll get to see some consistency shine. We all know building a rugby team isn't a one-season mission. It's two or three or four seasons down the road. This is now going to be the second complete season uh, for, for, for Toronto. Toronto, you know, truncated season in 2020, um, 2021 was, was, was already not, you know, a proper format for them. This might be the first full season at home without those challenges of before. So I agree. I agree that arrows is probably going to be the one that will be quote unquote, the surprise in terms of their final placing. Uh, but uh, Scott pointed out a really good point. Even though they were low on on the on the total points, uh, the point differential uh, would suggest that their games were very close. So they're going to be looking for that extra ten percent that I think they're going to get it now that they're going to have that consistency. A lot of their full time staff will be playing now, um, and the same same thing for 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 Free Jacks. I think they were missing that extra ten percent that got them into a playoff position. Um, they brought in some extra talent. They you know it still did. It's yet to be seen how it will connect in those key positions of nine, 10 in the midfield, as, as Rob Hamish would point it out. And on that point, he also, he also did mention about uh, 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 Nola, you know, just being able to convert the opportunities. And that's where Nola has a really, really great history, creating opportunities. What they don't have is a great history of converting them. So uh, that's, what's going to be uh, the real deciding factor. We hope that rugby ATL will remain consistent. There's a lot of changes in management. Scott pointed this out. Will that filter down to the players? I guess they're just going to be hoping for a similar outcome because they did so well last season, and that would be their measurement of success. Rooney, you got you to imagine that they, they, they were right close, right there to the end, that they're going to be hoping that they managed to be able to take the conference uh, this year, uh, although they too have lost a couple of the key players. Uh, one that we mentioned definitely was Hanku Khamasais. Um, the other, you know, is his Foden. Um, but they've still got an all-star cast up in that tight five um, that we hope that they'll learn how to use that more effectively this coming season. I do feel like they could have had better results than they did, especially having, what is it, four or five USA Eagles players in that tight five. Um, so, yeah, interesting to be able to see. Scott, you can correct me on that one if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're also talking about, you're forgetting, you, you have Andrew Coe coming from Toronto uh, probably playing the fullback position. You have Japanese uh, okay, yep, coming back. Um, Fossi Fuatai coming back. You're adding a bunch of more guys who were sevens players um, to the team. You know, a young you Quinn Wadi. There'll be a lot more free flowing play than than it be. I, I'm saying, you know, with the with the loss of of Hanko and 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 then again they picked up Pago Heine. You know, with, so I mean, are, are we really? You know, how much are you losing in Hanko and you're getting a, a couple new guys? Um, you know, up front. For sure, uh, and, and yeah. chance chance for Glusky. I'm just saying, you know, for all the minuses everybody's talking about, I don't think they're seeing the pluses because maybe they haven't seen some of these guys play. And you're getting a guy like Nick Mayhew up front as a prop, who played in the Premiership for a long time. You know, so I mean, we we we're we're rugby in New York is getting there. You know, it's it's I think they're maintaining the standard of play uh, from last year. So watch out. Fantastic. One thing I one thing I wanted to mention about Toronto is playing that home game up in BC on uh, February 11th versus the Giltinis. It's 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 interesting because in previous seasons or the one season where they they went down and rather than playing you know eight straight away games they're going to get an actual home game. It's in BC. It's not in Toronto, but it's still going to be against a bunch of home fans. A lot of the boys are from out in BC too, so they're going to be playing in front of their family. So it'll be neat to have a home game kind of in the mix there early in the season. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, you know, if, 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 I wonder in February, is it going to be cold there? Yep. Like how cold? Well, <laughs> yeah, it depends, but uh, it could be, it could be like, cold. It'll be colder than uh, other places. So but I, I love no the person snow. who was planning that. You're like, all right, early game. We need to get them an early game. Let's send the boys that only see sunshine to go play in the cold. <laughs> you know, so LA will be battling the cold as well as the arrows. Except uh, for now, the, the Giltinis have three or four Canadians that are there. It's going to be like true. a home game for those guys too, so. Yeah, that's very, very true. So, gentlemen, there we have it. That is the Eastern Conference breakdown, who we think are the teams you should pay attention to. Some teams have had some serious changes. Others have less to work on. Others might have more to work on. But I think we can all agree that we're hoping for a really, really tight conference, um, which would mimic exactly what we had seen, at least for the first half of the season um, from from the Eastern Conference. Uh, We all have our favorites. Uh, We'll finally see uh, who it will be. And the best way to be able to find out is make sure that you're following us in the Super Brew contest that we'll be reminding everybody about. And you can decide who you think is going to be taking those titles week by week as you have the opportunity to be able to battle against myself and the rest of the gang here as well as all the other Major League Rugby fans out there by following us on Facebook and our other social media under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Be on the lookout for that Super Brew contest that may very well have some really cool prizes week after week for the man who walks away with the bragging rights as the best pick em Super Brew winner. So once again, we have been debating the topic of the Eastern Conference uh, group and uh, what we think about it inside. So hopefully you learned a little bit about it. And in a moment, we'll be back to be able to share our second rant. And you can continue to be able to enjoy that if you follow us on our new home at patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod, where you can get additional episodes of the rugby rant and also additional rants themselves. In addition to extended interviews from our famous run pass or kick interviews for a couple of bucks, less than a beer, you can enjoy some extra great content from myself and the team here on the rugby rant podcast show. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. Tidehead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers, but it is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tight Ed is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, and is just steps away from the Metra. Owner Brewster and the Tight Ed staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as light as their beers. Tight Ed's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tight Ed is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Ran podcast show. Tight Ed's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or a dark bale-aged brew, Tight Ed can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tight Head Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tight Head, it's worth more than a try. And welcome, fans. It's your favorite interview of the week. It's the run, pass, or kick. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. That's Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. 
And, uh, you know, we, I'm, I'm going to go through his accolades. He's been on the show before. I think he's, I think this is time number three he's been on the show. But from Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, USA under 20s, USA under 23s, Lindenwood University, um, kind of playing as a medical joker for Rooney in 2019, um, playing uh, in rugby ATL and now back with Rooney and Eagle number 531. Chance Wengluski, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And I know, you know, anytime we have a, a rugby New York guy, uh, Scott sports an extra, uh, extra little wood. So, um, you know, <laughs> just, hey. just watch your chin. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, listen, I gotta have my, I gotta have my rugby New York guys on, you, you know, I mean, come on. It's, if, if, if I'm not pushing a rugby New York guy for every week, am I really doing my job? Um, no. But honestly, folks, um, another week, another RPK. Um, we have a great series of questions. Rob, how about you tell the listeners what, how the RPK works, just in case they've never seen it before? Yeah, for those who are new to the show, the Run Passer Kickstyle works a little like this. Um, we're going to pose questions to Chance. Chance is going to have an opportunity to either run with a question, pass a question, or kick a question. If he runs with a question, he's going to take it straight up the gut. As we know, Chance likes to do on the rugby pitch. He's going to answer the question straight away. However, if Chance is a little uneasy with a question, he can always pass on a question. We don't want to get him hemmed up, uh, make him uncomfortable. That's not our style. We like to show off uh, the beauty that is the Chance man, right? And, uh, and of course, uh, Chance can always kick a question, which is to say he's going to have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, put us on the defensive, and he could direct his kick to Scott or myself or could just let the person who asked the question answer it. And all we're going to do is answer in a way we think he would answer and he can grade us out, tell us we were shite, tell us we were awesome, or tell us, well, eh, there's a little bit more of the story. It's totally and completely up to him. He controls the direction of the kick, and that's what we like because he gets to have a little fun with us. Chance, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick interview? I'm ready, Rob. Let's do it. All right. We're going to take the first question here, and – uh I love this question because last time we had an RPK, because you've done a, a few spots for us uh, for our show too. That's why we love you. Um, but last time we did an RPK, uh, you actually, it was just prior to you getting engaged. And the funny thing was, it was like a week or two after you got engaged. And uh, I was like a soothsayer, if you will, like uh, Johnny Carson's <laughs> Karnak, if you will. It was awesome. Um, but um, perhaps tipping your hand, you indicated that you would not be wearing rugby socks to the wedding. Instead, we know now that you were wearing Betsy socks. Has Betsy had a chance to check out NYC? No, sadly not. She has not had the opportunity to yet. We're uh, still getting that figured out as far as um, when we can actually get her, uh, you know, up to the city and, you know, get a little bit of that concrete jungle vibe. But um, no, not yet. I'm get her up here for sure. Gotcha. And, and uh, you know, a question is, is are you going to take her to that big central park and, and, and let her roam free or see if she can find a, a best friend? Ooh. Uh, is, I feel like, I feel like definitely have to get the extended leash for sure. I, you know, you think, <laughs> obviously it's a ginormous park. I've been there a few times, uh, uh, even back in 20. 19 like best to keep her on i know too much excitement might uh go on the girl so yeah that's the puppet bay <laughs> it'll be fun going to central park i mean they have uh they, they'll probably still be ice skating by the time you get her up here 
So now that I'm looking at question two, <laughs> Chance. It's okay. No worries, now, man. No worries. We're all good. Now that I'm looking at question two, uh, I realized that Rob wrote this one, and I, I really like it. Um, the Rugby Index uh, has rated you as having the highest valuation of all props in the MLR. Uh, RPK. <laughs> when Mariah asks you to do the dishes, do you ever respond, do you know that I have the highest valuation of all props in the league? Oh, yeah, definitely going to – I'm going to kick this one away. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this one to Rob and just see what kind of person he thinks I am. <laughs> well, the answer I would like to give is that you go, babe, do you know who I'm ta- you're talking to? <laughs> but I know that's not how you roll. I know you're a, you, you and uh, Mariah are tight, and you do you love her to death, and you do anything for her. So I'm pretty sure uh, you probably don't even have to be asked to do the dishes. You're immediately on it because you're an excellent husband, and you're devoted to your lovely wife, who is as as wonderful a person as you are. Oh, Rob. <laughs> And yeah, also, man, she knows where to put your. One. Yeah, definitely, definitely have a servant. Sorry, those dishes will be done. <laughs> and let's let's be honest. If you did the pull that on her, she'd probably murder you. And there's a lot of places <laughs> to hide your body in New York. Trust me. Oh, uh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I'm sure it would not be hard for her to figure out something with all the murder uh, podcasts and uh, serial killer <laughs> Netflix TV shows. So. Yeah, you could probably even find some guy in Italian village to loan you his Cadillac DeVille. You you just throw you in the trunk, dump you in the East River. I I know some spots. I got a guy, (laughs) just don't introduce her to the big guy. He is, he has a few guys. Oh, all right, let's roll the question number three. Uh, we'll get a little bit more serious here, Chance. Um, run past your no, kick. Yeah. You had a, a, a leg injury that kept you out of Eagles duty this past summer. Um, of course, there was the, the tour to the UK with England and, and Ireland, two big matches. Um, run past your kick. How frustrating was it to watch your mates play for your country while you were forced to rehab an injury? Um, I'll run with this one. You know, I mean, obviously – you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you max your body out as most, most of it you can, you know, in the sport. So when, you know, injury occurs like that and it kind of withholds, you know, international opportunity, it's obviously very disappointing. But at the same time, you know, um, I'm, I like to look at the thing as it, like look at it as a bigger picture. And, you know, it, it gave some guys opportunities, um, you know, to represent their country, you know, just as much as I wanted to represent my country, they got the opportunity. And I think at the end of the day, I think it's, it's awesome for them. I'm, I'm happy for those guys. And. At the end of the day, all you can do is just, you know, hope and, and and expect, you know, success at the end of the day. So, yeah, as much as I would have liked to have taken part and, you know, you know, give it my, you know, all my efforts I could have, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. And all you can do is just continue to put a smile on your face and, and push through. I mean, I think I was out for about five weeks, so I missed some MLR matches. It was obviously difficult, but at the same time, you you just have to, you know, weigh it all out and realize, like, you know, I'm not 100% and I don't want to be considered a liability by any means. And, you know, it, it takes a little bit of a, I guess, ownership of that, the sense to just, you know, you, you can't in this in this sport, you can't be a liability. If there's a, if there's a you know, a break in the chain, so to speak, like it could possibly ruin everything. And, and I wasn't going to risk that, you know, especially when I was in Atlanta and especially not an international test, you know you know, level. So I, I'm not, nah, I knew what I had to do and it was best for me to stay back on that one. So yeah, definitely frustrating, but it's, it's just part of the game. You know? I, I, I love that, 
that perspective chance because it, it demonstrates how committed you are to um, the team concept at USA Rugby as well as at that time uh, Rugby ATL. And it definitely, you know, with a World Cup on the horizon in 2023, um, the USA Rugby needs all hands on deck, right? They need to have as big a profile a squad as possible um, so that they're prepared with the as, as complete a squad. It gives guys like Dino Waldron, Matt Harmon was a new guy that came into the fold, an opportunity to cut their teeth, so to speak. And um, at, at the end of the day, it, it, it does provide uh, an opportunity for USA Rugby just to enhance its its profile of, of players that are available for selection. No, I completely agree with you on that. It's really cool to see, you know, it's just like the overall growth and just uh, the U S and rugby alone is, it's truly, you know, phenomenal and amazing to see. And, and just where, you know, USA rugby has gone and came from, it's, I feel like everyone's kind of just like starting to get, you know, get hissing a bit, you know, everyone's starting to get heated up. I mean, obviously going into this new season of MLR, it's just giving that much more opportunity for, you know, people to, you know, show their, you know, show the hard work they've been putting in the preseason. So very exciting times. 100%. So I, I have a follow-up question to that. So the answer is going to be a yes or no. I don't need a name, <laughs> but you had two young props behind you in Will Burke and Jonas Petrikopoulos, both guys who, who can be Eagles in the future. If Scott Lawrence had came to you and said, Hey, we know you're going to be out the next couple matches. And and we want you to name your successor, yes or no? Would you have been able to? The successor. Oh, uh, that's an interesting one. I didn't even think about. I, even for a yes or no answer, I find that like way more complex. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I know you guys don't think of like that GM style of of like who's behind me, you know, right. honestly. And and guys are fitting in all over the place, but I just I just wonder if you had it in your head, like, yeah, I knew who who I would kind of go with. That's all. So you don't need to name the name. You know, I, probably, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not even gonna name a name, but I probably say no. In all honesty, I think like the way that you know Scott Lawrence, you know, ran ATL, um, you know, last season, it, it never. I feel like for as an opponent, like you would never really truly know what the lineup was gonna be, and I think that you know to an extent it was an advantage. Um, going to a lot of matches, you know, last season. So, yeah, yeah, I, I'd probably say no on that. I think just simply just because, you know, everyone has their own special, special attributes. And I thought that each each of those guys, Will, Jonas, Lincoln, you know, all those cats, like they all have particular, you know, special abilities that, you know, when in the right light, they, you know, they shine the brightest. So, No, you're absolutely right. And, of course, I name Will and Jonas because they're former uh, uh, Rugby United players. So, you know, I got to know them well. But, yeah, it was just offhand I thought of a question. Um, So let's go on to the next question. Um, uh, Rugby ATL were handed two of their um, five losses in 2021 by Rugby New York. Yet ATL was able to nip Rooney in the semifinal by one point. Uh, Run, pass, or kick. Did the game plan change for that elimination game, or was it just a matter of better execution? Uh, I'll run with this one. I think, you know, as much as you want to say, like, it's like execution at the end of the day, I think it's just, you know, it really does come down to like a really, really good game plan. I think, you know, you know, Atlanta had like at least, you know, the standard set that, you know, we were going to be like the number one defense in the league. And, you know, you kind of be known as like a defensive team. So I think what we kind of did, you know, leading into that game was like, let's just like hold on to the ball. You know, and like that's that's just what we did, and you know, we you know, 
we might have not have scored, you know, the most amount of points. Obviously, it was a pretty low scoring game, but at the end of the day, like, I guess one point, one point, you know. You hey, yeah, did you win? win? You That's all that matters. I'm in the final. Yeah. 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 The point is, you scored more points than the other team. So, uh, you know, that's all that matters. That's it the got game, you, guys you know. In the final. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, so, speaking of, uh, you know, last season, at the end of the season, um, we're talking about the final against L.A. Unfortunately, um, the shield wasn't too far away, but still not in your grasp. A run pass or kick. Can you tell us the emotion you felt after the match? And it's kind of interesting because I'll provide some subtext. We had a, as of the taping of the show, we had some a wild weekend of NFL, and we know you used to be a big football player. Wild weekend of NFL, um, and you could just see guys staying on the field just in disbelief, or if they won, in absolute elation and celebration. So, give a context for those of us who are mere mortals uh, that can only watch it on TV. What was it like as a player to go through that process? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to run with this one again. Yeah, I think I, I, I took up took in the whole entire moment, in all honesty. It, it's, it's you know, on such a big stage, you know, it, it, it's almost kind of interesting because, like, I've gotten second place quite a, quite a lot in my – just my overall sports career, like, I, even in high school, like – on like a stage where it's literally mono mono, you know, like I'm gonna put my will on you. Like I've gotten, you know, second place like two times in, in that state for me in high school, and I was like, oh man, like this is I have to win this at some point, you know, like that things that keep you up at night, you know, it, like it's but it was like this much bigger because it's you know you're playing professional ball, you're playing a sport that you love, you make it to like you know the podium in a sense, and then you have to take that one step back down, you know, to let the the true champ stand. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was very emotional. Um, you know, in a sense, like it's it's almost kind of surreal because you're you're not the one holding the shield. You're the one watching someone else hold the shield, and like confetti's flying and stuff. And like at the end of the day, like you can't help but be happy for the you know the true champion. Like LA, you know, played phenomenally that game, and and you know they they deserve to be the MLR champs. You know, for 2022. So like. You know, I mean, I'm happy for everyone who, you know, who got the victory. Obviously, you know, mournful with all the boys who, you know, spent an entire season trying to chase this thing. So, you know, the, the you know, at the end of the tunnel for me anyways, it's it's still the same goal. You know, it's still to, you know, raise that shield at the end of the season. And it, and it won't change, you know. That, that's my forever goal, and that's what's going to continue to be for me. So I know at the end of the day, you know, watching it not – being up on the podium or whatever holding that shield i think for me it's it's something that's gonna you know always kind of keep my shoulders sharp and in my in my neck strong for the next rump is at the end of the day like that that's what i'm fighting for so yeah think about it now it's it's like you do your best to like keep your goals small until you reach the bigger one so then when the big one comes like you're pretty much prepared because like you've checked all the boxes and uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like it's preseason, baby. So it's like, let's 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 run out and you know bash these kids in. Like, I I keep on like the guys here. Like, I I personally don't really care who the rivalry is. I, I want to take out everybody, and like I know everyone's <laughs> in the same boat as me. So I'm 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 confident in and you know what these guys have to show here, and and I'm excited to you know add on to uh, add on to the craft here and you know sharpen some tools. So. Yeah, well, I'm, just, uh, I'm Rob, excited, I got to clarify. You know, at the end of the day. 
I got to clarify. It's New England. The rival's New England. It's, just, it's New England. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, and, that's and, how you know and the any newbie is when, is when you yeah. know you probably oops. We, you're talking to the right guy to, to 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 sharpen your New York edge, man. Let me tell you something, because and just for the just for the record, just so you know, chance. Any former rugby New York guy that left rugby New York and went to New England is absolutely dead to Scott. So if you get in that scrum, don't be afraid to you know kind of turn that <laughs> noggin in a little bit and get the forehead against the nose once in the scrum, just to let him know that that uh, Scott, the big guy for our, sent you, right? <laughs> But I, I want to follow up for a moment. <laughs> you know, you, you are a far bigger man than I am. I mean, I like the idea that you talked about those little goals and being focused on the little goals, and those will lead to bigger goals. And I, and I love the fact that you're humble enough to be able to be happy for those guys that 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 did it. One of those guys was a mate of yours, uh, uh, Roddy, right, Christian Rodriguez. you got to be happy for, the, for that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 100%. you know, what's interesting, yeah, and what's interesting is, can you ever have imagined in your playing career, you were, you know, a state, you know, wrestling, um, you know, uh, you, I think you went to state and football too with Union. Uh, can you ever imagine having, you know, getting the opportunity to play and ply your craft um, in that huge coliseum? Oh, man, it was mad. I, I've never seen, like, anything quite like it, in all honesty, and, like, and, and the fact that I see, like, all the fans, you know, as well, like, it's cool to see just how big the rugby community has grown. Like, I, I think for me alone, like, in a sense, like, what we do is, you know, a form of entertainment, you know, we're, we're just dudes putting our bodies on the line week in and week out to, you know, entertain, you know, our local fans and, and you know, fans all over across the states and across the world. So it's it's truly, you know, remarkable for me, you know, to see, just the opportunity to play in the Coliseum and like alone one day, you know, possibly fill, you know, that, that size stadium up it, to me, it was just, you know, that's, that's what our plan is here. And like, that's, it's just like, we just want to sell stadiums out and we just want to make people, you know, happy and excited to play, uh, not only play, sorry, but, uh, you know, watch us play and, and I don't know, just really just go out and play. I don't know what I'm saying, Ryan. I might need to cut this part out. Because <laughs> no, it's all good. Now. It's all good. Hey, we want, we want what, yeah. you know, what's real for you, man. I mean, that's what people want to know. They want to see yeah. what it's real. You know, you're a real guy. Yeah. When people meet you, I know that's the case. When I met you the first time you are, you know, you are who you are. And, and that's great that you don't change because, uh, you know, we love you. We love you the way you are, mate. So it's all good. Um, it. Hey, yeah, no worries. We're going to, we're going to go ahead and for fans that are watching, we're going to do a quick uh, advert and thank one of our, all important sponsors, actually two of our sponsors, and then we'll be coming back. Stay tuned. You can go to Patreon. Scott will talk a little bit about that to catch more of this interview with Chance Wangaluski. But we're going to pay some bills here and talk a little bit about one of our sponsors. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale. 
at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.